kings and queens welcome back to another episode how are we all doing today we're good second intro is going better than the first technical difficulties but it happens it happens pleasure to be here as always absolutely all right also also again we have a special guest um international guest the first international guest um Level my cousin up. Ibrahim yeah exactly he is on the show now uh he reached out with a really really cool topic um so yeah he's on the show now first international guest it's an honor to have you on the show say hi everybody hi everyone thank you for having me so to preface this uh, I want to thank you guys for having me as a guest uh first international guest as Tala mentioned quite absolutely. an honor to be here absolutely sure. Um, you, so I mentioned this topic that we were about to discuss, but I felt like, um, it would be best if you introduce this since like, this is kind of your topic. Um, so what kind of give us a little introduction as to what would we be talking about? Absolutely. So especially since this episode is done on an international platform. Uh, you guys are in the States, I'm in Saudi Arabia. I thought it would be interesting to discuss the education system, uh, kind of compare and contrast how it's going here and there, mm-hmm. and just sort of see the pros, the pros and cons, uh, what things that are not going so well for it. Uh, we could discuss and see if it's the same problems here and there, and try to find out if we could possibly suggest some solutions to it. I think it would be an interesting discussion to kind of see how the education systems are going for both sides. And especially since you uh, had your time studying in Saudi Arabia, I had my time studying in the US, which we'll both discuss hopefully. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of see how things are going on both sides and compare and contrast. Absolutely. For sure. That's Sounds really, good. really interesting. Yeah. Because um, now we have like an international perspective on it. Um, a new international perspective there you go there you go um so yeah you want to just like start us off real quick with um basically what made you want to choose this topic or what inspired you to choose this topic well one of the main reasons i chose this topic is because it's been a point of discussion for years and years uh, as I was growing up uh, as a student, when I was in school, we would always discuss the education system, most notably during my senior year of high school. And this was the only year where I studied in the States, actually. So we had a lot of discussions in class about the education system in the U.S. itself. We were kind of discussing how it was going uh, how we could improve on it. And we all acknowledged that it had several flaws. Uh, some, a lot, a lot of students, you know, have this, uh, stereotype that school is boring and not interesting enough. It, you know, uh, so I thought maybe we could kind of discuss and dig deeper into this and find out as to why it, everyone feels like that and what might be done to make school or college, the education system in general more passion driven or more interesting for someone to be a part of interesting so in your opinion do you think um because you mentioned that the education system focuses more on 
um, at least in Saudi Arabia, it focuses more on like grades and that kind of outcome. Do you think that A, it was always like that and B, there is, it's going to change soon? Well, from my experience as I was growing up and in the school that I was going to, it was always about the grades from grade one all the way to grade 11 because uh, grade 12 was in the States. But I think there was a time in period, uh, there was a time period decades ago where the exams were, the fi- all the final exams were standardized. They were set forth by the Ministry of Education. But mm-hmm. currently it's the school itself that puts the exams and gives you the grades. Uh, and honestly, I feel like I, throughout my entire education experience as I was growing up, it was always about the grades, even to this day. So that's why I, I really wanted to kind of discuss and bring up this topic to see if, am I the only one who's having the same issue or is it different for you guys? Or I want to hear your input about this and how you guys are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you want to yeah, hit off on that? Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting because, so I feel like our perspective here as a as a trio is pretty interesting because Nate went to cyber school for a while. Mm-hmm. Talal has been in public school. I went. I was homeschooled my whole life, but I mean now we're in college. So I feel like it's just an interesting uh, a new perspective. I feel like it's an interesting perspective on on schooling in, in general because. I mean, I think the big topic as far as the school system goes is homework, because I've, as you, as you look at the, the United States, homework in the United States, I feel like it's the highest out of everywhere else. So I can agree on that. I, like, I don't know. It's just, there's, I feel like it's a two, it's a two-sided double-edged sword, I guess that's the expression, because I have a class currently. I mean, I have a Calc 2 class. I don't have homework in it. And it's really, really hard. Like, I, I feel like the solution isn't to just do away with homework. Because if you do away with homework, homework establishes that repetition of the practice that it's necessary to really learn a subject. But when you do away with the homework, you don't get to practice it as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and well see here's here's the thing here's the thing about homework there is homework where it's like actually beneficial to you and then there's homework where you just do it just because yes you know what i mean forensics exactly so Forensics. and so e- much unnecessary work so yeah i was actually a ta for the forensics class that nate was talking about like i took it and then i was a ta for it the amount of work of like homework and assignments that was put into that class is like way way too much like there, there has to be a limit um but there's homework like for example homework i'm doing right now it's um just like simple practice converting from like binary to to decimal form in terms of like addresses and stuff that okay i get because you know you need practice to to make sure you have the method down but assignments where you have like 10 to 15 pages to do every week at least um that's i feel like that's not necessary that's just for one class um 
So I feel like for homework, you can't say like a yes or no definitive for everything. It like it yeah. just depends to like how necessary it is for you for you to practice. Yeah, but it yeah. depends on the subject because exactly. some subjects and don't then that, require as much. That also depends on person to person. Some person might need more practice in a subject than another. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that's that's another aspect to it that's even, you know, it's just there's so many variables that can go into it. Exactly. Here's a question for you guys. Do you do the homework to get the grade or to actually learn from it? Get the grade. Yeah. Let me put it to you this way. This past semester at college, I had three labs a week, which is a lot. And just with the type of work that I had to do, it was all very course intensive. And I don't think... I really learned much at all from the homework. I was just doing it just so I could get it done and get on to the next thing that I had to get done. I don't think I learned anything. I think I just learned what I needed to know to do the work, get it done, rinse my hands, and go on to the next. It just feels like there's a constant added weight or burden over your shoulder. That's what homework's represented. And you're just trying to lift lift that weight off and get rid of it. So, and unfortunately, it kind of it kind of gives you a false sense of accomplishment where, yeah, you got the homework done, but did you actually learn what you were supposed to learn from yeah. the homework or from the course's objectives? I'm going to add another side to this too. And I completely agree on that. There's something I, I read, I can't remember where it was or what I was doing, but because of the vast amount of information out in the world today, it's very easy to learn and people are receiving information so much more quickly than say 50 years ago. And mm, I feel definitely. like in turn that has potentially, I, I have no proof or anything, but that has potentially led to this maybe increased amount of work to do because people are thinking, okay, they receive information much more quickly. They should be able to handle it. I don't know if that's the case, and it could very well not be. But is it not very plausible? I don't know. I think a lot of it depends person to person. Because some people need yeah. to work more than others, and others don't need it as much. They're just more naturally gifted in a subject. I think what this focuses on is more on quantity rather than quality. Yeah, we are able to handle more, but we're just doing more numbers of homework, but not actually extracting much of what we need. With this developing education, or as you said, most of the information is online. We need ways to extract what we need from that information. I mean, you could have a million books in front of you, which which is what we have today in our phones, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna know everything that that, uh, these books contain. So I feel like we should probably focus more on how to capitalize on extracting what we need in the most efficient way, rather than just constantly doing more work or adding the workload. I agree completely. Yeah. I, I think that it's something to be said that um, teachers teaching in class, I feel like that's the that should that ought to be the high like the the highest level that you are learning 
because you're, you're essentially, you're learning from somebody who's supposed to be an expert in the subject. So I feel like the time that you spend in class shouldn't be done doing assignments. It should be done learning because I don't know anybody that enjoys reading a textbook because it's, I just, I just don't think it's ever appealing. You're, it's like you're reading in another language and you have to learn the language as you're reading. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just, it's so much easier when you learn from the teacher who's an expert in the subject and you're, you're learning the little tips and tricks that they have rather than spending class time working on assignments. Well, here, to, to bounce off what, to bounce off what you said, um, you said no one enjoys reading a textbook, which, okay, yeah, no, I get, I really do. But for, for you guys, I want you to think of one class that you enjoyed, any, any class at any grade. Just think of that class for a second. I can guess that you really enjoyed that class, not because of like the assignments he or she gave or stuff, but because the way you learned the yeah. material. Um, it, so what I'm trying to say is that you can have two teachers using the same textbook, assigning the same readings, sure, assigning the same homeworks, but it's just the way they deliver it, which is just crucial. It so, comes down to knowing your audience. Exactly. Yeah. So and you can have a teacher who's just, who's just blabbing out right. whatever lecture they need just because. And they're doing, sure, they're doing their job, right? That's, that's, that's in their job description. But you have another teacher, right? That you almost feel like they're talking to you one-on-one. -on -one. You know what I mean? Like, this is just personalized for you. Absolutely. But that they're doing that while talking to the class. And like, that's a talent. And you're, you are definitely not finding that in everybody. But what I'm trying to say is, is that it really comes down to, to the teacher more than just like the types of homework that we're getting. Sure, the homework is hard, but I feel like you're more inclined to learn more when the teacher pushes you to in a good way. Yes. Yeah, and this takes me to another point I wanted to bring up, which is uh, the purpose. I believe that the purpose of teaching or a teacher being in class is not to recite what the textbook has but rather to actually make the student want to go and explore more about the topic themselves because from my experience the most i have been able to learn is when i'm actually and genuinely interested in the topic because as you said the information is out there and if you go out there and look for it yourself with passion or with desire to actually learn about it you're gonna gather a lot of information more than what you would initially think. So Absolutely. that's why I've always felt in school that I was kind of suppressed in an environment that didn't allow me to be who I wanted to be or explore what I wanted to explore or discuss what I wanted to discuss. So that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is how did you guys feel during your time at school? Did you feel that you were like, locked in this place from, I don't know, eight to three or, because for me, a lot of the time I felt like that. I did not have the autonomy that I wished I, that I wish I had while I was a student. So I wanted to hear your guys' input on this. It really, it really, it really depended. So like, 
if you're asking about like high school, because college is different, you don't have like an eight to three thing. But in terms of high school, um, it like like I said, it really depended on the teacher and on the class. Sometimes I did feel like I was just sitting there just because. And at times, unfortunately, it wasn't like all the time. Um, I sat down in a class where I was like, all right, I am genuinely ready to sit down and, and like listen and learn to what you have to say. Um, one class that I can like pinpoint that really made a difference. Um, it was called film literature, right? You can make this class either like the best class you've taken or it can be the most boring thing ever. Um, so what that is, is just basically studying film and like how things are produced and like the different angles and shots and stuff like that. There's a lot of technicalities with it, right? Um, and we had to memorize all of that. Was it kind of hard? Sure, whatever. But the teacher did it in a way that at one point I didn't like, it just felt like I was just going through like a really nice process where it's like, he's just, because he is really, really passionate about what he does. And I feel like that's the reason that class is so memorable. Like you can, you can hear and feel the passion while he's talking. So, I, so all the students, they're kind of like subconsciously there, like, okay, I really do want to listen to what this guy has to say. And this applies to anything. Like if you're talking to anything, to anyone, and you talk with passion, they're going to be more inclined to listen instead of you kind of just sitting there monotonously saying what you need to say. So to answer your question, and Boyle and Nate are going to bounce off of this, is that sometimes high school felt like a little a little like just like a monotonous process I guess but there were some classes that really popped out and I enjoyed learning in them for sure and I think another thing is that classes that especially when you get to high school and I mean I'm really experiencing it in college you're just required to take some classes I'm, I'm not yes. an artistic person. It's just, I'm not, I've never been good at it. So I went as far away from art as I could and I'm doing engineering because I don't want to touch a paper and pencil and draw something. But I still had to take art classes in high school and I have to take an art class in college. And it's just, the, the requirement is always going to be there to do something that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just the way that it goes. You, I feel like there, it's one thing to have to take those classes. It's another thing that once you find the thing that you like, I feel like we should be building on, the, on that thing earlier rather than once you get to college when you're paying an exponential amount of money mm -hmm. to learn about the thing that you want to learn about. But... I'm currently in college. I'm taking classes that I don't want to take because they're a requirement. I thought I just got done with that in high school. Like mm -hmm. I, I, it, it boggles my mind that I have to go through all these hoops. So my little ahead, take real ahead. quick. Um, and, and I'm going to turn this towards internships a little bit um, because I actually have found Reddit articles about this. Um, and the same ties in with college specifically. Mm -hmm. All these little extra classes that you don't want to take, they're part of being well-rounded, right? But they're also an over-preparation. When you go into the workforce, 
they're going to teach you exactly everything you need to know on a training period. So no matter what you learn, they're going to teach you their own way, regardless. It's just to give you a well-rounded understanding of the topic. You don't really get that that freedom that that people think you will going into college. Um, and and so in terms of internships specifically, and, and it kind of ties into this education part of it, is it's kind of a vicious cycle. In order to get an internship, most of them, you need prior internships, right? Yeah. And so very interesting article. So it's just like the meme where the person applies for a job and they tell them you need experience and yes. when you to get experience, they say you need a job. Exactly. exactly. But with internships, it's a little bit deeper than that because cash 22 companies actually often prefer unpaid internships because it shows you're willing to go and learn without compensation. It shows greater yeah. initiative. So they actually prefer non-paid intern- internships. But if you're someone like me who kind of needs the money and so you're trying to get paid internships, most of the time for a paid internship, you need a prior paid internship mm-hmm. or some prior internship. So you need to get something first. And it's just a vicious cycle back and forth between everything. And it's just a mess. And again, it's just over-preparation. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. It makes me think of the meme where it says, like, um, some technical jobs need, like, eight years of experience in a certain coding program. And, the, and I saw somebody say, this coding program has literally only been out for three years, and I need eight years of experience with it. Yeah. I, yeah, yep. it's hilarious. There you go. So, and a question, go a question I was about to ask you, Ibrahim, actually, is we've been talking about how um, kind of you're prepared to what you want to do in college and how you want to like decide what you want to do. Um, so in the U.S., we always have like counselors and stuff. But at the, like even then, a lot of people go into college and a lot of people switch majors. Like it's a very common thing to switch your major. Um, I did it. So I have. Uh, see there you go i'm in the process so, of boom see all three of us so in terms of like in ksa in saudi arabia how well prepared do you think um either the staff in high school or whoever in high school or just high school in general how how do you think they prepare you to what you want to do in college like do they give you a good idea like what's your take on it so i actually think this is a universal problem not just in the States, not just in Saudi Arabia, but in a lot of places. Uh, I was actually going to bounce off to this topic. So glad that you took me there. It's about choosing how do you know what do you want to be or how do you prepare yourself to choose what you want to be? And it's not an easy decision. It takes its, it takes its time. Mm-hmm. But what, but the college, what the schools could do is to provide the environment that the student needs to actually be able to choose. And this goes back to having the school project-based rather than grade-based. So I actually went to uh, Philadelphia. It was a school called SLA for my senior year. And that school was project-based. And I have seen a drastic difference in how things were taught and how things were applied. So rather than actually 
being more oriented towards grades. Like I want to get the highest grade in this class. I want to pass this class. And I think this does not really reflect what that certain topic or certain specialty actually is in the real world. So the basis of project-based schools is to actually give you a feel of what you learned. How do you give it? How do you give back to the community with what you learned? How do you apply what you learned to the real world? And if you get a sense of that right early on from high school, this will provide an environment where you can have an early simulation of what that specialty actually is in the real world. And this would make students more, uh, this would expose them more towards the actual reality of how things are. And this would make the choice easier for them. So for me, I would think a, a good solution would be to actually allow the students to feel the environment for themselves. So that way they can decide earlier on where they wanna go. Sure. So having like applications based learning. Exactly. Pretty much. And that's interesting point. Before we head on to the next point, we just want to do a quick ad break, thank our sponsors real quick, and we'll get right back to it. And we are back. So we were just talking about um the last topic or the last point that Ibrahim was talking about was basically how the difference between like project based and like exam based or like homework based classes are. And I agree fully. I feel like in a project-based class, um, it's much more hands-on. And with hands-on, you learn a lot more. Um, sure, the material can be can still be pretty challenging, but once you're in there working with it, so it's like it's like uh an introductory to an internship, if that makes any sense. So, um you're taking like a quick snippet of what you're gonna do in real life. So like maybe like a coding project or an architecture project where you're like building a model or like yeah, anything like that, like applying to your major. And I, I feel like that's pretty beneficial. So something else I want to kind of throw out there. Um, so, so like Mike mentioned at the start of this or at some point in this, like I, I cyber schooled. And so one of the parts about that was there's a lot more freedom in terms of your learning. Now, obviously you need a lot more self-discipline, same with homeschool to make sure you know you don't fall into the comforts of home and make sure you actually get your work done. But one of the things with cyber school, especially because there's still administration there, um, throughout the year, there's plenty of opportunities for field trips, a ton of different clubs you can join. Um, and on these like field trips and things like that, you get to do certain activities and things like that. And you kind of get to um, kind of explore uh, your options a little bit more. And with cyber, they usually tend to offer a larger catalog of courses. And so you can kind of expand into a little bit of what you want to do. Like, so for mine, we had a keyboarding class. So like, um, like a media keyboard to make electronic music and things like that. We also had a history of rock and roll class. Uh, so like, if you wanted to get towards music, there was that. Um, right as I was leaving in my senior year, they offered computer courses and coding. Um you know, all, all kinds of different things like that. And so I, as much as people, at least, especially in this state, really despise cyber schools and, and like state has really tried to shut them down because they take away from the public schools. That's the big argument. I really tend to argue that it's so much better because 
you get away from all the drama from day to day, which allows you to actually focus on your academics and learn more. And you have a greater choice. So like, especially for languages, we had the option between Spanish, French, German, Mandarin, Latin. Uh, I think maybe there were even a couple others, which for most high schools, you get what? Spanish, French, maybe German. And German. There's always. Usually it's those those three. (laughs) Yeah, it's those three usually. Um, So I, sorry, you can finish your point. I have a quick take. Yeah, so, like, I I feel like, you know, it just really depends on, you know, not even just, like we kind of said earlier, it really depends on the way you learn. And, and, you know, that even goes to a full-on administrative level of how the school is structured. For sure. And one way that, um, so when I I was homeschooled, um, one way that my mother taught me is that she she was she especially like taught me art class when I was like very young I was usually learning on my own I had like a book that I would read and I would answer Mm -hmm. questions based off the book but as I when I was that young I took an art class with my mom and she taught me about a certain artist and then it was applications time and we every artist that we learned I did a project based off of it and I tried to mimic their art style. And I was like, I don't know, 10 years old doing Picassos. And I look back on that now and I think that was like, that's the untold best way to learn because you don't learn about art by reading and by listening to somebody talk about it. You learn about art by experimenting about drawing, painting, whatever you like to do. So I think it's just every every subject, if you're not applying the information that you're using, you're I feel like you're almost wasting your time. With and that history, not- with that history in rock and roll class, actually, and this is where I first got a taste of podcasting. So just like how you would like go through an artist and then you would ap- apply like their techniques and things like that. Every week, we had a choice of like three to four music artists and a specific song by them. We had to go listen to the song, pull up lyrics, analyze the meaning of them. And then we had to do like a 30-minute podcast and talk about the artist, who they were, their style of music, what the song's meanings were, uh, any like secret in between the lines, things like that. And so it, like much like you were just talking about, it's a really interesting way to learn. And I think it's so much more beneficial. You get so much more out of it. I wish that I had that class like a long time ago because I would have started understanding lyrics like a long time ago rather than just like I mean, understanding we, them on the We fly. went from everything from like Elvis and Leonard Skinner to like Tutti Frutti, Otis Redding, uh, or Little wow. Richard, not Tutti Frutti. Um, that's his song. Um, just like all over the spectrum. It was pretty that's cool. Crazy. Right. And especially for things like art and podcasts, um, those things are driven by your personal interests first right. and foremost. So as, uh, as Mike was mentioning, uh, especially for art, 
the, the main thing you need is to be yourself while doing art. So, I mean, in school, the main thing that I really want is for people to discover themselves and to find out what their hidden potentials are. When you have a grading-based system, it's all about competition and who's going to score first and who's going to score highest. Well, here's the thing about that. And this is something I've personally experienced. I noticed something with the, what I like to call as an educational fallacy. It's just a term I just made up, but let me explain what it means. So throughout high school and at least here, a lot of the students get grades like 99%, 99%, 99% in a lot of subjects, mm-hmm. solely based or mostly based, giving them the benefit of the doubt on memori- memorization. But when, and even the standardized exams like the SAT or whatnot, students have gotten to the point where they would just memorize previous exams and score insane grades. I'm talking 99% on them. I wish I could have done that. And what happens with that is once they get to college, for example, in my university, uh, I study medicine. When we got to first year, we had, the university had this system where they would, they had like this distinct student system where they would have the top 20 or 30 students. And this was based on their high school grades, their grades on the standardized exams, which they got high on mostly because of memorization. So what happened was they thought they were on top of everything. They had the highest grades obtainable. So one would assume that they will, they learned what they need or they learned everything there is to learn, at least from what the curriculum was giving to them. But when they got to first year in medical school, half of them failed or at least got D's or barely passed. And this just shows you how when things are based on memorization, they're not gonna drive you too far before you fall down hard. And this actually has a harsh psychological impact the way I see it. Imagine you've been getting constant A pluses or A's throughout your entire 12 years of school. Then you get hit with D's in the first year of university. How impactful psychologically do you think that would be? It feels like crap, dude. Exactly. Because that's yeah. neat right now. That's neat right and now. it's not even because I memorize things. It's just, you know, unfortunately for me, I had a lot of things happen in my personal life. And another thing was I never had a study. Never had a study. I had no reason to. I just quickly learned things. And so I went to college and I failed my first classes ever. And yeah, I, I yeah, felt like I, really dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. So real quick on the SAT, when I I took the SAT and the ACT uh, combined like six times for like both of them. Combined. I took the SAT about three, four times. Yeah. And um, the thing that my mom always told me is the SAT isn't judging you based off of how smart you are. It's judging you based on your ability to take that particular test. Thank because you. Yes, it's, it's it's really not it's not a test of your knowledge. It's how well you're able to work through the problems in the correct order that your brain works. And that's something I only figured out that on the last time that I took it, because I wish I would have known that. That's a really good. For, 
Yeah, for well, that was a good way you put that. For one of the reading comprehension sections, there's always four different types of reading. And yeah. it's just like the different things that the stories are based off of. And you need to figure out which ones you enjoy the most and do those ones last. Because then you can zip through the really the ones that you really like at the end when you have 15 minutes left in your time. It's just, I, I, I really don't like standardized testing. And I'm glad that it's almost being done away with at this point. It's, it's very flawed. Less because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I, uh, to add on to that point about standardized exams, uh, we could actually have like a separate episode just based absolutely. on that. But just yeah. briefly, yeah. a lot of people think that when students or people talk about the education system, it's mainly, it, it sort of has this like negative connotation to it where we're just complaining for the sake of complaining, but I genuinely want to discuss this because I really want to see things change in the long run in terms of how things are being taught, especially in high school, because if you want to change something as big as education, it's not going to happen in a day and night, and it needs to happen from the core foundations of it, which is all Definitely. the way down to elementary, middle, and high school. This is mm -hmm. where yeah. things need to start changing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. From my experience, being in that project-based school, which was uh, one of the best experiences I've had, although it was challenging, very, very challenging, actually. But despite that, I actually enjoyed it. And what I would see every week is principals or teachers from the neighboring schools who had like grade-based systems would actually visit our school to observe just to see how things are running on the project-based school because that school was one of the top rated in the city. Mm -hmm. So it was, I really, I think we're in the middle of a transition phase right now. And especially with COVID where things are now online and we could sort of talk about how things have changed when learning became virtual. I think it proved the point that uh physically attending school or college might not be efficient as self-learning what do you guys think about that real quick about the online the transition to online learning you know when i did cyber school i can't tell you how many people would say oh you have it so easy oh that must be so uh, nice it must be so easy <laughs> and then all these same people scream. are messaging me hey I can't get my work done. Can you like make me a schedule? Uh, how, how do you do this? Uh, I, this application won't work. Oh, it's real easy, huh? Listen, I could scream yeah, right now. Yeah, real I easy. Go ahead, do it. For years, I was homeschooled for over a decade and I did all that stuff myself. I was and done seven years. Was like, I was oh, online. You have it so easy. This looks so right? easy. You just get to get done with all your work on your own. It's like, yeah, I'm good at it. I'm self-sufficient at this point. Good luck being online yourself. See, like we could definitely that. do a second episode on this. Oh, I could. <laughs> Listen, I like online learning. Get, could get so heated with how many times we get told, oh, it must have been so easy. And now I love the fact that people have to do it and yeah. they hate it. And it's so hard for them. I think it's because there's a lag in the education system. 
So for example, we've transitioned to online learning right now, but it's the same grade-based concepts that we're learning. It's the, it's the same grade-based environment. If I'm too bored or too demotivated to do it in school, do you really expect me to do it in my bedroom? I'm just going to go back yeah. to sleep. Yeah, and then exactly. here's, here's yeah. another thing is, are the parents going to make sure that the kids are actually doing the work? If they're not going to be self-motivated enough, and I know especially around here, but heck no. Nah. And kids aren't just, they're just not going to do the work. I really think it's just becoming a survival instinct at this point, given the suppressed environment that we're in. It's just, we're just trying to get by. I, I think it's just a survival instinct to just get through school or get through college. And then once you're thrown out there in the real world, you're, the real world, you're like, what have I learned? What have I gained? You're like you yep. just survived school and college, but now what? So I really think if you prepare the environment, if you modify the learning environment to where it's something that students actually desire to be a part of, where students really are motivated and passionate about discovering things, learning things in a interesting way. I mean, come on, the education is evolving so much right now. Technology is evolving so much. What needs to evolve as well is how things are taught to go with the, the improvements that are happening right now, both technologically, scientifically. If things are expanding so much and changing so rapidly, we need to catch up to that by delivering new learning methods that are much more easier and more fun to comprehend. We need to drive the passion. That's the main point of what I'm trying to say right now is to have students become passionate about what they do. This will boost their potential tons and tons of times as it is right now. 100%. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, really, really good points. Um, we don't want to take too long for the audience. We don't want to make the episode too long as well. Ibrahim was an honor. Um, I feel Thank like we could so have a part coming two on. coming up because these these points are really interesting and i feel like we could cover even more ground Absolutely. on more more topics so yeah yeah thank you for taking the time uh for coming on and being a part of this podcast um yeah you were always expanding we went international there we go <laughs> gag, gag. so there we it's go been a pleasure guys thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed this episode it was a fun Absolutely. discussion hearing your guys' input on this Absolutely. For sure. Thanks for sharing. So, yeah. Thanks for coming with the idea. Yeah. Exactly. No, Thank this you. is this is a really really nice subject that you came up with. If you want um, your idea heard, send a see? message. There you go. And maybe idea. maybe if we like you, you can get on the podcast too. If we don't, uh, we'll leave you on red. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah. You guys take care, Ibrahim. Thank you again. Uh, Don't forget we'll to like, subscribe, on turn on notifications. One hundred percent. I just told you all that good <laughs> No, you're good. You're we're good. we're yeah. ending it like... before this gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, wrap it up. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, give us ideas, feedback, anything you want. Um, all of our Instagrams are down below in the description. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube. Real quick, before we end, what do they got to comment? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, comment.
comment your your favorite Jolly Rancher flavor. There you go. Mike's mm, comment. I go. Put that down below. Comment it. See, see what we come up with. And hashtag uh, Mike's comment. There you go. See that can I go. Hey. There you go. So yeah, you guys take care and peace. See ya. Peace. See ya.